Hey, welcome to AOB. It's Rob B here with Rob D. And in this show, we're going to cover off how to find the right idea, the importance of being different, and why 1,000 days is really important in every single business. So Rob, on the show so far, we've talked about some of the challenges that we've had growing the business to where we are today. And I'm sure in the future, we'll talk about some of the really exciting challenges that you get to have and the massive scale mistakes that you can make when you get to an even bigger size. But let's take it right back to the start today, because a lot of people who want to be entrepreneurs or they want to start their own business, they say, oh, that sounds great, but I don't have an idea or I need to have an idea. What do I do? How do you think about that? Because you must get people asking you that kind of thing. You want to go into business. I actually think the ideas are the easy part. Ideas are easy. It's what you do with the ideas for me that's more difficult. Even for people who aren't creative, there's tons of ideas. People will even share their ideas. How many people will say, I've got a million pound or million dollar idea? Like People do have ideas. For me, an idea... The easiest businesses to create is when you're frustrated by something yourself. So when you have a service or a lack of offering so that it doesn't even exist at all that you would want, then it's not guaranteed to succeed, but it's a good starting place as an idea to test because if you're frustrated, well, there's a market of one. So who there might be others like you. Mm. And I think people often think they have to come up with something completely that new that's never been done before in the history of the world and if you can do that then that those are the, the billion dollar plus ideas right they're the ones where there is a potential to do something absolutely enormous but not every business needs to be like that most just by definition won't be and most people probably don't really want to be running something on that kind of scale even if you think that you do there are plenty of great businesses you can have by just taking something that already works that people want and doing it either better or a little bit differently and that's not the glamorous way of doing it but everyone's going to have things that they're interested in experiences they have where they go okay well i'm a customer of this it's brilliant but wouldn't it be great if you could do it online or if they'd come to me or whatever it is and you just put a slightly different spin on it so i don't think there needs to be that pressure to come up with something totally groundbreaking no because your first idea might not be the idea that you have or the business you're running in five years time it might have got you started but then you pivot you change you learn and you go actually now i've grown it if that's what you want but five years in, it actually looks very different. You know, you, you look, I've been in business nearly 10 years now doing a, a version of what we do today. If I look back at, you know, year, well, day one to year five, completely different. And then from year five to year 10, completely different. The, it kind of looks like there's some sense in the journey that's, that's gone on. But actually, businesses that we're at today, on day one, I didn't think we'd be doing, like, I'd some of it, some of it, but not all of it. And actually, the the stuff I thought we would do, like some of it, we've tried and stopped. So, for example, from day one, I've I had development, property development in my mind. That was always in my mind. Day one, tried it, not so good. But there's other things that we've done. Like the magazine was an idea that I had for a while because I'd seen it done elsewhere, and I thought we can do this better. And the magazine, when the time is right, we launched and we still got that today. So there were some things on day one, but like what we're doing at the moment and what we're launching and what we're working on, which we keep alluding to, which we will talk about soon, that was not a day one idea. 
absolutely wasn't. And it was the experiences of doing the other ideas and the mar- and finding out what the market wants and then spotting new opportunities that's allowed this idea to, to come forward. Yeah, I think you're possibly slightly unusual in that the first business that you started is still going today. That's the business that has worked. But even though it is the same business, it's not the same business, nah. is it? It's completely different. But even if I think I think that's still unusual. I think most people will have one or two complete failures before they get to something that sticks. But there are lots of entrepreneurial cliches, some of which we've talked about and kind of debunked in the past. But the the kind of cliche around there's no such thing as failure, I do actually buy into because I think if you start something and you totally flame out within a year, as long as you haven't uh, absolutely ruined yourself for life and like burned all your bridges and got no money left, then it's not a failure because you will learn so much from doing that. Even if you then go and start a business in a totally different area, that is still a useful experience because with business, there is so much to learn and you can learn it in one business and then take those lessons into something different. You're going to learn something about me today. I have started other businesses and failed. Ooh, but you haven't you haven't been out in there. In uni. Okay, go but, on. Um, I had a nightclub promotions business. Oh, right. Didn't work very well for someone who likes early nights. <laughs> <laughs> it failed for a lot of other reasons as well. But I learned a lot and I don't regret it. I had great memories. And actually, it kind of builds a bit of resilience for, for what... I did afterwards mm. and also again it's a bit of a cliche that entrepreneurs as kids were doing entrepreneurial things but it was and i remember when i started to collect bikes um i put an advert in the news agents and i collected old bikes and i'd turn up and there'd be a kid at the door me and the people would be like oh we expected a man in a van picking <laughs> up bikes and it was me and my intention was to take those bikes refurb them and sell them great idea but I didn't refurb a single bike because I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) You hadn't thought of that in the business plan. I think that's a perfect example of you don't have to have everything figured out before you start. Because I'm I'm sure you would have learned something from even not not even getting beyond stage one. Stage one, source the bike. Step two, uh, don't know. But you would have learned something doing stage one. But I kept sourcing the bikes. So I had a a garden full of old bikes. (laughs) (laughs) My mum was going mad. (laughs) At some point, I probably should have realised that you're not actually doing these bikes and then i tried to get someone in to do the bikes but then he nicked the idea and started doing himself so there's some pretty harsh business lessons to get at a young age but the point is i don't regret any of that i'm glad i did i think the earlier you start in business and i don't mean as a kid like if you can start in your teens or in your 20s that when there's less risk involved then it's a better time to do it. But there are other ways of testing your ideas without committing you know, your family home if you are further on in life. Such as? Well, starting small or doing it part-time or on the side. There are, are ways of testing the market without quitting your job and putting your mortgage at risk to, to see if your business idea is correct. I mean, you see it on Dragon's Den where people have gone all out, remortgaged their homes for an idea, and then the dragons have gone, what have you done? I. And rightly so, like mm. they should have just tested the market. You can test things by working evenings and weekends. Yes, you may, will give up your free time, but you're, what you're trying to do is pretty audacious. You're trying to bring a new product or service into the world. So you should have to give up something. So give up your free time to test it. Yeah, and there's a certain glamour around just like going for it. Mm. And, just, and just going, I'm just going to spend all my money, um, 
take people along with you, raise money and all the rest of it and have this one great shot at success. Um, that seems glamorous, but it's not the norm. And I don't think it's the best way of doing it if you can help it. Like if you've got something like Facebook, that's not going to work if you kind of have 10 people on there. It's like the whole network effect thing. It only works if you make it enormous and you have to do it quite quickly. So that's fine. But most businesses, you don't have to do that. Um you can start small because everything that you think that you know, you don't know or will turn out to be wrong. So it's far better to learn that early on. And you could say that, well, you're more motivated if you put everything at risk. Maybe that's true. But also, I think you can just get paralyzed that way. You get scared to do anything because if you make a misstep, then you're screwed. I think a lot of good businesses have probably failed for that very reason, that they've run out of money, that they didn't have quite enough time to figure it out, where if they'd started smaller and did it as a side gig, built themselves up and then launched the product out, there'd be a lot more businesses off the ground. I mean, I built myself up a runway of cash before I started in business. And for the first year, I did pretty much nothing right. I was trying things, testing things. Nothing was really working. And in the second year, things started to go right and started to give myself a very modest income. But if I'd given myself four, five months runway, then I wouldn't be sitting here today. I had to be disciplined, save a pot of cash, put it all aside. And then I took out a small loan as well, put all that cash together, which gave me enough time to test things, make sure that I've got it right. And luckily, I did. But if I hadn't had that runway, I wouldn't have a business. Another way I could have done it is test it on the side like we talked about. Yeah, because it always is going to take longer than you think. Always, always. And you you will be wrong about your assumptions. You just will. And you might might turn out thinking you're starting one business. And then, oh yeah, we talked about how over the years the business has changed. But it could be after six months. You go, you know what? People just are not interested in this, but everyone keeps saying that they'd love it if I did this instead. And so then you switch to that, but you need to survive long enough to get to that. And all the kind of things you can learn around business, all the lessons you can learn from other people are valuable. But I think you only really get to learn those lessons when you do something for yourself. That's when you properly got to get to grips with how things work. The 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 theory and the practice are completely different things. So you have to have those early experiences and allow time for you to mess everything up. Because really, okay, you could avoid some mess ups by listening to other people, but you still need to make plenty of your own. That's how you learn. Definitely. So we've started to get into once you've started now, but I want to take us back to the idea because you asked me about ideas, but what about you? How do you think people can come up with ideas or inspiration to, to get a business going? I think you can develop the skill of having ideas or seeing opportunities. Something Noah Kagan, who we both admire, talks about a lot. James Altucher talks about it a lot as well. You can just kind of practice like writing down a list every day of business ideas or ideas for anything and just develop that idea muscle. That's something that you need to be able to do because I think it can come from different angles. Like it can be around the things that you yourself are a customer of or that you're interested in. And that can be great because you understand the customer. If you are potentially the customer, you should have a really good idea of what those people want. Where you have to be careful with that, I think, is that if you really like snowboarding, then don't think by starting a snowboarding business, you get to spend all day doing what you love. Because whatever you end up, whatever the business is, as we talked about before, it ends up being meetings and the business around it and not the thing itself. So 
I think that can be great because you know the customer, but you shouldn't limit yourself to something like that. Because even if there's go, it's going into something that you have no particular interest in, that's okay because you'll probably you probably should be interested in the process of building a business, not necessarily the thing itself, because that's what it's all about. So maybe there's maybe you've been in a job and you weren't very interested in that job going into it, but you've noticed that there's there's a, a need there that's not being met. And you can then go off and run with that, even if it's not your passion. I think that's okay. I think you to be a business owner, you need to have a passion for business, not a passion for a particular subject. I completely agree. And another reason people go into business, and I think you're setting yourself up for failure if this is what you're doing, is if it's all about the money. If you are going into business because you want more money and that's your primary focus, I think you've got a, a good chance of failing because you're motivated by the wrong things because your decisions then will be influenced by getting as much money out. You're then more likely, or I should say you're less likely, to to reinvest in a business. So when you get a bit of money, you go, oh, that's a watch or that's a lifestyle improvement. But actually, no, that's a team member. Yeah. That, that And you build that way. If you're always focused on money, you're going to be making the wrong decisions as you go through. So when you've got an idea, it's, it's make sure it's an idea not motivated by, can this make the most money? Of course, it's got to be a viable business idea and it's got to be a good idea. And the consequence of that good idea may be money. But if you're motivated purely by money, then I think you're going to end up going in the wrong direction and stand more chance of losing. Definitely. And I think it's worth talking a little bit as well about um, actually taking this idea, wherever it's come from, whatever it is, and putting that idea to the test. Because something where you see people fail in both directions is either giving up too early and not really giving it a chance or plugging on for way too long with something where the market is telling you no one wants this thing. So do you have any thoughts about how you find the right balance there? It's tough. And I, this is where you've got to find something new. So when I started, the market was telling me this is rubbish. What you're doing is no good. And that's why that first year was rubbish. But what I started to do was try different things. So I, I went in with let's copy what other people are doing. And that didn't work. And at some point... And I don't know what point, and it's hard to say, right, wait for this moment and then you know. But I don't know if it was month nine or whatever, but at some point I was like, this is crickets. Like, no one's interested in what I've got to say or how I'm presenting this. So let's try different things. And I did, and that was that worked. But you've got to have enough time to let your idea fly. If you've got enough money to last a couple of months your idea might be incredible but your business probably won't succeed unless you're really really lucky because it might take six months for it to get going it might take two years yeah. you might get little signals that you're on the way but until you can start to pay yourself something looking like a wage it might be a couple of years in like the amount i paid myself was for years years and years and years less than my last job my last job was a really high paying job. So if I was doing it for money, I made a really poor decision early on because I went through multiple years earning a lot less than my last job. Yeah. Well, Dan Andrews, who's host of Tropical MBA podcast and entrepreneur who we both admire, he's got something called the thousand day principle. So to, to take a thousand days, about three years for you to get back to the point 
for in business where you're paying yourself as much as you were earning in your previous job. And obviously, that's just a rule of thumb. But I think it's probably not far off because you need to, it doesn't mean you have to have three years of cash saved up because you might be paying yourself something. You might be able to start out doing it on the side or might be able to get a job around it or something. But it, you probably need to have that expectation if it will take a few years, because the first year probably will be just completely floundering around. Who the hell knows? Then you'll start to get those little seeds of success and things will start building. But then you need to reinvest in the business. So you can't pay yourself even when the money is coming in. And it does take those few years. And I think it's really important to start out with that expectation that that is completely normal because however well prepared you are and I think today because of shows like this people are probably better prepared than ever before in terms of the information that's out there when you're starting a business and that helps but it doesn't let you shortcut those few years they're always going to be there because you're always going to start out as a pretty rubbish business person because you don't start out being brilliant at anything straight out the gate, do you? Like any kind of skill, whatever you set out to do, you're going to start out as a total beginner being hopeless. You can't do the very basics. And over time, you get better at it. Business is no different. It's a skill. I completely, completely agree. And I really do sign up to the thousand day principle. It probably was roughly about a thousand days before I got a, a decent income, you know, something that was worth having that sustained a decent lifestyle. That's a long time. Yeah. That's a big commitment to get to something that you call decent. Not, oh my God, I, I, I've got incredible riches. Just, I've got a decent income from my business now. Yeah, but it's still worth getting to that because you might think, oh, well, I'm going to spend three years getting back to where I was before. What's the point of that? But then the point is, once you've got there, you've then got a skill set that you didn't have before. So even if it all falls apart after three years, you're still a completely different person from where you were, but you've got a more rounded person and better at lots of things. So that's valuable. And you've kind of put yourself on a different trajectory at that point. So, okay, we've said that when your business grows, that doesn't mean that it, the business doubles, so your income doubles. That's not how it works. But you are in a position where you can really kick on and end up earning a lot more than you were before. And you you have control over that. Whereas if you'd stayed in that first job, the amount extra that you earn, you're kind of reliant on someone else. You have to go and ask for a pay rise or wait for the end of the year or whatever. And you're not in control of how much you earn to the same degree. So even though it's like you're going through all of this just to get back to where you started in a way, it's still super duper worth it, both in monetary terms and just just general ability. Yeah, absolutely. And enjoyment. Yeah. If you're an entrepreneur, if you are, if you're cut out for this, you should enjoy the the lows and the little nudges of highs and the little glimpses of success that you're doing something right. Like that's the part of the journey. I'm not saying you got to love every day. There were times when I had my head in my hands going, oh my God, what am I going to do? But then when something went right, it was like scoring a goal at a World Cup final. It was like amazing. You know, and I'll always remember my first ever meaningful sale. Like that will never be beaten that sale. I remember a sale that pretty much saved the business. Like those those memories don't go away. And it, yes, it is a lot of lows with a few highs, but that's part of the journey. And if you're not up for the journey, then don't start. Don't lace up your boots. There's no point. Like if you're in it for the riches, if you're in it for the glamour, we've talked about that as well. That doesn't exist. You've got to be in it for the journey. Yeah. We've talked about the initial business idea. I think we should talk a bit about how that business 
develops and ideas as you go along as well because you we said you don't have to start out with something completely new but you do need to start out with something a bit different but then if you just try to run the business in the same way as everyone else you'll probably find that that's not successful because well you're just a another smaller less established version of that other thing so some of the biggest inflection points that we've had in business have been where we started doing something completely unheard of for our industry I completely agree. And you can look at this when you start and you can look at this as you grow. I think there's no, oh, once you get to this point, try and be different. I think you should be different from the start. And the mistake I made and so many others make is just copying and hoping that good things happen. That's not a good business. If you're somehow thinking you're going to rival bigger businesses that already exist just because you're going to launch one too, you'll you'll be as big or nearly as big as them. Not going to happen. So that's if we're talking about ideas at the beginning, that's what you should avoid doing. Don't just be another me too business. Be a I'm different business. Look at me. I'm standing out for a different reason. What's your story? What's your angle? Is it a completely new sector? I know we, there are much bigger and bolder ideas to come up with and you don't have to go that far. But if it is something completely new, then maybe that's the chance of you being really successful. It might be that no one's done it for a reason as well, so you have to be careful. But then once you start a business, everything you launch and do should try and be different as well. So when we launched our original property podcast, we didn't just do what others had done before. I mean, there wasn't much out there, to be fair, but we always took this viewpoint that, right, we're going to promote it properly and we're going to make sure the quality's good. And yes, you know, if you go back and listen to the first few episodes, it wasn't great, you know, and that's mainly because of us rather, rather than anything else. But the audio was really tight. There was a lot of ropey podcasts out there that sounded like people were doing it from the side of a mountain. Like we made sure we had good microphones. We made sure that we were consistent. Not a lot of podcasts back, back then, you know, you'd get an episode and then you might get another one and then there'd be a gap for a month. I'm sure people still do that today, but none of the big podcasts do that. And But we were dis we were doing things that were seen differently back then from the beginning. And we've done it with other things as well. Yeah, I think we can give away a bit of a secret, which is that you definitely shouldn't steal from businesses who are in your sector. And you just shouldn't just try and be exactly the same as everyone else. We said before, that's just not going to work. But it's totally fine to steal from other industries. Oh, yeah. And that's basically where all our best ideas have come from. We'll see something working somewhere in a completely unrelated field and we'll take that and bring it into property or whatever it is that we're doing. And that works brilliantly because you know that the concept's kind of okay because it's working somewhere else. But you also know that it should really, really work in your industry because it's new. So it's like they, you've almost de-risked it because you know that people in general like it and humans are basically the same whatever the situation is. So a couple of examples of that, a really silly one is with the podcast. We started a, a podcast called Ask Bob and Rob. Um, I can't remember who we stole that off, but that was a definitely a direct nick from another industry and did that in property and people loved it because they get a way to get their questions answered and people love hearing their voice on the radio, even though it's not the radio. And that was easy. But we also did it when we were starting our first business and we were thinking about where to base that business. And we decided that rather than having an office, we would make it a remote business. And it turned out that wasn't the perfect model to see us all, all the way through. But no one else in property was doing anything like it. We stole that from like, software businesses. And 
I think there was a risk there that we took something that was too far away from where we wanted it to be. But still, just the concept of taking something that if you'd, be, if you'd just been looking around at what your competitors are doing, you'd never come up with it. What we're doing next is completely different in our industry as well. And, and it is completely different. But there are other industries that do similar things. And so it's not a completely unique idea. It's unique to the industry, but we've taken inspiration elsewhere and go, why does this not exist? Mm -hmm. So again, it's not our brilliance. If we've had any brilliance and it's a small amount, it's going, wait a minute, this is really good over here. Let's adapt it and bring it here. And it's it's not just business ideas in terms of the overall concept, but actually things you do within the business as well, how you operate it, taking ideas from other sectors and industries that really help. And that's where being a fan of business in general is really helpful because then you're naturally going to be exposed to more and more things. So both of us read business books, listen to lots of podcasts about business. And there's so many times I'll be listening to a podcast and I'll just hear someone talk. Oh, we could do that. Or just or just spark something. Even if it's not the same thing, it'll just spark something. And if you're only in business for the money or for the glamour or for whatever, you're probably not going to spend your spare time listening listening to this stuff. But if you enjoy it, then you naturally will. And so the ideas will just come to you that way. So Rob, let's recap because we've gone in a few different directions here. So first of all, come up with ideas. Don't be scared of listing them out and having different ideas and test them. Test your ideas. But if you are going to come up with an idea, try and do something different. Yeah, but having done that, even if you've done that bit completely right, we talked about being aware that it's going to take you probably around three years as a rule of thumb to get back to where you were before and however well prepared you are you're gonna have these learning experiences where you go and make every mistake there is to make and you flounder around and you have days where you just don't know what you're doing and you're gonna have some freakouts about it i know i did but that's normal you need to be prepared for that you do and you need to be financially prepared as well yeah. so you need to have that runway that we've talked about, or as I've just mentioned, start part-time. But if you are going to go all in, make sure you've got enough money in your pot that lasts more than a few months, because otherwise you're going to get yourself into a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. And then we talked about business theft. Nothing wrong with that at all. Stealing is completely fine. The secret is to steal from other industries rather than your own. If you just try to copy everyone else because you don't have the confidence to come up with your own ideas, that is a guaranteed way to fail. But if you copy things that you've seen working elsewhere, and importantly, if you understand why it's working, so you're not just blindly taking it, you understand the principles behind why that's having some success, and then you make whatever tweaks that you need to make to embed that in your business or your industry, you don't have to come up with absolute genius. You just need to be able to steal the right bits and put them in the right places. So Rob, it's great having an idea. It's great putting some money aside to execute that idea. But no matter how good your idea, even if it's the best idea ever, you're going to live and work with challenges. Um, sometimes people have problems. In business, you have challenges. Some very big and painful challenges, yes. Oh, yeah, some really big challenges. So we're going to talk about the types of challenges that you can expect and also, more importantly, how to overcome them. So next week, make sure you join us for that episode and we'll see you for AOB next week. Well, that is it. Another episode of Any Other Business done. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your support so early in this podcast. Yes, if you're listening to these, you are the early adopters. You are the hardcore if you're going back and listening to the archives. So thank you so much for your support. And if you really would like to support us, then we'd love an iTunes review or a review anywhere you think is relevant. 
It really does help the show out and it helps us reach as many people as possible. And of course, if you want to go further, you can share it on your socials too. But any sort of support is very welcome. We'll be back with another exciting episode next week. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thank you.